suffering in the world is hard to really explain when you have an all-loving God. You have the questions that come up, well, why did this person get this or why did this young person die? And it's always been, you know, as Christians, it's like, well, that's God's will. It, it, it seems, you know, very, very unfulfilling when, when you say that. But if you start out by saying the whole world is flawed, so bad things are going to happen, it makes it seem like, okay, that's just natural. But I, I, I have to ask, does it really seem like that's satisfying? I mean, we're, we're, you know, we say that the world's flawed and bad things happen, but does that really make it any better? I mean, if you're suffering through someone, a child that's sick or a child that's died, the saying, well, you know, it's just a bad world, things happen. I, I mean, it's kind of almost like Christians saying, well, sin's entered the world, and so all these things are impacted by sin. I don't find it very satisfying. I don't, I don't know if anyone else does. You know, if somebody said, well, you know, the world's evil, it, it's, we kind of know that. I think the genesis is, how did the world become evil? Um, you know, was it created flawed, or did man cause the fall? You know, and, and I think that's the big key is that, you know, we believe that Adam brought evil into the world as opposed to being created. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a very good point. You, you know, we, we, we have this tendency, well, it's not my fault. It was Sammy Davis Jr., the devil made me do it, you know, things like that. We, we, we have ways of, of pushing aside personal responsibility and, and saying, well, I couldn't help myself. It's just me. The world's evil, so I act evil in an evil world. Uh, it's one way of looking at things. I, I don't know if it's really, again, satisfying. You know, you're still doing bad things, whether you want to or not, or feel that you have to do. It doesn't address the point of how do you get rid of that? How do you, how do you move from blaming or not taking responsibility for your actions to moving into, okay, here's how, how we do it. And, and you can see how salvation comes through. What did you think about the deity? Well, I, well, I like the, uh, on the page two, the last paragraph right, right above deity, when it says, once the initial shock of the unusual or blasphemous, blasphemous nature of the Gnostic explanation for suffering and imperfection of the world wears off, one may begin to recognize that it is, the, it is in fact the most sensible of all expla- explanation. I don't know if the initial shock ever wears off when you hear this, okay? <laughs> You know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's, it, 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 we have a fallen world and, and God didn't create that. And we'll get down to the deity and, and how it differs. So in, in Gnosticism, the beginner, and I think if you look on the second handout, there's a flow chart of how things, die, you know, how the whole Gnostic um, belief is. And you'll see a lot of, you know, Greek mythology in there. And so the uh, Agdoad, who is actually the big honcho, he didn't create anything. He emanates, which, again, I think is very unsatisfying, emanating. And then you have all these pairs that are creating down the line. 
And then you get to uh, Sophia, who is wisdom. And where the Gnostics pull this Sophia with wisdom is, is, is the, is the uh, book of Proverbs. How Proverbs is always explaining, you know, she and, and wisdom as a, as, as a feminine. And that instead of God, that's how they bring this Sophia in his wisdom. And she, instead of following the order, didn't have a partner to create. She emanated the creator of the universe, or the creator of all things. So, so you have like, you know, it's like this person here, it's like a family tree. And then finally we have this, and you can understand it's so diluted from the beginning. Of course it's going to be flawed. It's not going to be, it's so far removed. You know, if you ever want to go back to the source of something, you go back to the original. Well, this is so far removed. And, and, and so, I don't know, you know, what do you think about <laughs> What do you think about it? I think it's funny. I mean, it's, you know, it, it seems like a lot of mental gymnastics to get to the point. It seems like an exercise to absolve yourself of your own calling and morality that you have to live by, so you can just throw it out the door because, right. because of entropy, right? Essentially, mm. you're saying you're so far from the source. Right. The entropy's kicked in, and I might fall yeah. to bed. Well, technically, I don't know if they would have entropy because there would be no flaw until that last person. <laughs> but, but again, it's the same type of thing. Is, you know, the point is, you know, since you're moving further and further down, you, you get more flaws, you get more things involved, and then finally, pff, we're stuck with this. You know? If we could have gone back a few steps, maybe it would have been better. Um, so I, I think another, another thing it says, many religions advocate that humans are blamed for the imperfections of the world. So that this is something that's been brought up. It's a good way of excusing our, our own responsibility in everything. Um, and then when you get into the deity portion, they, they talk about Sophia and wisdom. And... Like I said, it sounds so much like Greek mythology where you have Zeus and all these gods, you know, producing demigods from different interactions with humans. It, it really kind of, in my mind, it really diminishes the, the you know, the God. It really reduces God to something like some, some type of put it out there, let it go. There's, there's really no type of interaction and direction. It, it, it almost is opening up to the point of when you get to the human being that, that it's like, well, we just have morality is kind of, you know, questionable like we have today. You know, we don't, we're, we're moving into an, an era where morality is, well, it depends on circumstantial. Okay, it's all circumstantial, but here you're removing this from God where the morality comes. And um, they talk about the divine spark, which is interesting, and that's a whole study in itself. <laughs> okay, so there's a lot in here, and I, I'm just going to give you... So what they say is that there's a divine spark in all of us. And what that means is that sometimes they say we're ignorant to it. We don't even know it's there. And then they get into some type of reincarnation. If you don't get to that place where you, you, you transcended, where that spark is, you come back again and again. So there's, you see all the different ty type of religions, you know, reincarnation, spark, and they talk about how the spark that you can actually save yourself, which should be a red flag for every Christian out there. But when you look at 
to the left of the second sheet, you have the bridge to total freedom. That is taken from, I think it's Scientology. Okay. Now, I'm looking at this and I'm going, eh, it's really easier for me to just turn my life over to Christ, right? Than following this, you know, card. And, and so when you see all these different types of teaching just ease in and, and slide in, we automatically know it's wrong but we need to understand kind of what's happening. And so again, I'm going to go back to this, this, this page on the left and look through how it goes down. And so there's, there is the decad, the dodecad, and, and they're all like tens. They go to tens. And you can see where they're like the Greek gods. Well, we have, you know, we have union, pleasure, blending, happiness. So you can see where they're associating to these, these lower beings different types of characteristics. So, um, any, you know, any, yeah, Zach. Yeah, so to repeat the question for anyone who didn't hear it, Zach was asking about knowledge that, you know, we should thirst for the knowledge of God. We should want to study and learn as much as we can. Now, Gnosticism is also a movement towards knowledge. The difference there is that as we search for the knowledge of God, we're, we're bringing ourselves closer to God. We're moving up. We're Gnostics are, are, are bringing themselves to God. So their whole knowledge is to demonstrate how they could be gods themselves. And they separate the, you know, you can see in this whole thing is that there really isn't reference to any deity. It, it, it's kind of, there is no creator. There is no one person because again, the world's flaw. So why even concerned about that. We have a flawed God. Why would anyone want to file someone who has flaws? So the difference that they had, they're trying to find reasons to almost justify what they're believing. And, and so they get into, again, this was early Christian. So this was not like thousands of years later. This was, you know, right then. Uh, um, I don't know, anyone does know, where the pool of Gnosticism or Gnostics came from, you know, because you have Christians at this time, you have some of the old Jewish traditions, you have some pagans. So I think it's kind of some paganism mixed in there, but I don't know if these were disgruntled Christians that feel like, oh, this wasn't satisfying and they moved over to that. But you could tell they're intellectual people. These are some intellectuals. Sally? Right. Where from our perspective, from presupposition, our God is good, 
Right. And everything that was created was, was from him and was pronounced good. Right, right. Yeah, and so what Sally was saying here was explaining how our knowledge of God is presupposed that he's good and that knowledge and truth come from him. The Gnostics look at creation as being flawed or the creator as being flawed. So what is the motivation to learn about that, and, and, or that would be, why would that, that would be equal to say something else. Like if somebody, Plato or somebody wrote a book, you know, they would be equal. Because, you know, we're flawed people, God's flawed, so they would hold equal weight. Whereas Christians and believers, you know, hold God's knowledge, you know, at the top, but everyone else should be like, okay, understanding that this is, Different. I'm going to say, I think this is more like the secret sauce idea. Yeah. <laughs> the witnesses have the secret right. sauce. Right. Right. And there's a group of people that want to hold it that they're elite and know more than everybody else. Right. And I think this is the concept here. Right. And when you start picking it apart, it really is idiotic. I, I know. But it's so confusing. Everybody looks up to them because they don't understand Right. It. Right. Blinded me with science, kind of, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Building something, building a home, getting a following, getting rich off right. the following. And then when you really look at it deep, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I, the early church fathers that are trying to combat this, right. not to combat the guys that are actually running the show, but the people that are following. Exactly. Really stupid guys. Right. Right. And it's a pretty neat concept when you realize that this is nonsense. Right. And it's trying to be sold as a really good. Right. Did it kind of begin with um, they were trying to figure out who Jesus was? Yeah, I think, I think it's, you know... Like the, 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 I, I think people, people understand that there's evil in the world. And it's a way of trying to explain evil okay, and flaws. And it's a way that an individual can resolve that without any help from somebody else. I mean, to simplify it, it's pride. Yeah, exactly. You have Jesus who came as the example. Right. And these guys all just kind of form their little intellectual group. Right. You know, we're going to do it our way. Right. Good point. You know, mention about pride. Pride is... One of, one of the slides in, in the classes, they talk about all the isms, and they're all involved with I. <laughs> Ism, you know, we've got Gnosticism, we've got, you know, atheism, it's all about I, 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 I. And, and so, you're right, it's about pride. And when you look at all of the different I statements that you say, it's like, I can do this and I can do that. You know, in, in a way, you have some even, you know, w- you consider Christian you know, denominations doing this, you know, I can do this, I can do that, where Lutheranism and, and Protestantism is like, I can't do any of that. This is, this is faith in God. I have no involvement at all in my salvation. I, it, right, exactly. Right. 
Right. Right, exactly. And that's what you look at most of these, are, they're cults. And, but if you get enough smart people, so, so you know, and I'll get to you Zach, in a second. So when we look at society today, okay, we look at people that are intellectual and we, we think they know what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, we make this assumption, I got this degree, so I, I, I know this. What, what we don't understand is that degree it, it, you know, I'm a scientist, okay, that, uh, I'm, a, I'm an analytical scientist. That doesn't mean I, I have the ability to talk about nuclear science or anything like that. I could read and give my interpretation because I have a better understanding, but I'm no way an expert. And so what happens, you see a lot, is these people come up with a little bit of knowledge and they start applying it along the way. And because they're respected and people look up to knowledge, especially during that time, you know, the, the people that were knowledgeable were the leaders of the church. And so, so that's how we respect that. And, and we start listening to them. And, and we feel like you said, we're not smart enough. You know, they give all of this, you know, mumbo jumbo. And, you know, so Zach, you had something? Yeah. And then I'll get you. Bruce. Right. And a person who did certain things, and it's, right. it's Jesus, his death and resurrection, and, and then it's like also committing ourselves to his way of life as well, and to right. him wholeheartedly. Right. So, I'm still thinking about the knowledge and what does yeah. that mean. It's, it, right. it's a whole of life kind of commitment. Right. Like, well, just intellectual or... I, I think when you're talking about knowledge and how that comes in, it, it's, is it knowledge... What is the knowledge, what, what am I seeking the knowledge for? Am I seeking to make, elevate myself in my life or am, am I seeking to elevate God and understanding God? Um, I, I think that just comes down to what is my purpose? And you th- the Gnostics were elevating the knowledge so they were raising themselves up above everyone else where our knowledge should be to reduce us and realize, you know, the more you know about God, the more you realize how, how low we are, you know, and how much we have to gain. But if you can fill yourself up with degrees and different types of knowledge, you can elevate yourself up and say, well, you know, at least I'm smarter than I got three PhDs, five masters, all this stuff. It, it is, it's a pride. Like you said, it's about a pride. It's about me elevating myself up as opposed to elevating God. Bruce? So what I find Right. Knocking back down from his pride, his ego, and it helps in, in God's infamous plan to to bring. Um, I don't know quite how to say it other than the fact that the, the knowledge. Okay. Yeah, I get it. You know, it, it's kind of like you know the wise in their own eyes. I mean, how how often do we have kids? that think they know everything, you know, and anyone as a teenager, they know exactly, they know everything. Okay, they're wise and they, they think they know that they have all this knowledge and, and the grasp of knowledge is so small. And, you know, 
five years, 10 years from now, you know, I always told my kids, I go, when they're going in teenage years, I said, you know, right now you think I'm pretty smart. In about a year, I'm going to be the dumbest person on this planet. Okay. Nothing I'm going to say is going to be actual, you know, meaningful. I've never experienced it. You know, you don't know. And I said, but when you turn 22, 23, I'm going to become smarter again. So, so I understand that period's coming, just so you know that period's coming. And I think that's how God kind of looks at us. You know, it's like, you know, we know it. We know this, you know. Gnostics, Gnostics, Gnostics think, well, we know all this stuff, you know. Like, they're the first ones that ever understood it, not realizing God created all that knowledge. So, you know. Right, exactly. And so any argument against it, they can brush it off. You see, this is kind of with all problems. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Kind of like an argument, well, you know, you call somebody a sexist or something like that. They don't want to get into it. They just say, okay, it doesn't apply, or you're misogynist, or you're, you're this or that, or whatever. It stops the conversation. You can't really go, oh, well, you know, well, that might be true, but we're not talking about that right now. So, so that's, I think, what happens is, you're right, it's, it, it stops all discussion, because if you do get in discussion with these people here, you realize how, you know, it's like, I often wonder, I go, do you ever hear, say this out loud and listen to it, okay? Do you, do you ever say this out loud and listen to it, what you're thinking? Because when you start saying this stuff out loud, you go, yeah, that's crazy, that's crazy, so. Sally? I'm just thinking, like, um, I'm just, it's just um, what's happening today. Yeah. And when man starts getting involved in trying to fix things. So God creates his wonderful creation. He creates right. man, male, and female. You have two genders. Right. You know, life goes on great. You know, you're right. following things and... You know, right. and now we have these people who think God didn't create a good creation. He created a flawed, flawed creation. And now we have a zillion genders and, you know, getting things all messed up right. and screwed up and now we're all confused. We don't know right. who we are or where we are because man had it wrong. Right. You know, so you're right. You know, as, as we get further from God and we start to apply our knowledge to things, it, it just, the whims of us just take us whatever way. You know, we, we go through all these different, you can see throughout history, this was important, now it's not important. This is important. And, and it, you know, really what it does is it, it kind of unanchors you to the truth. And so you blow back and forth. And so I, I, I like what you're saying about how the Gnostics just shuts people down. And the same thing, too. You know, you hear a lot of people, intelligent, and this isn't recent, but this is throughout time, that'll make statements. And they're deified because they have all these different type of education. And so what they're saying must be true. And we have to be very, very suspicious of that and, and you know, compare it to the Bible, what they're saying, you know, like test, test these things, the Bible. And when you look at Gnosticism and test it to the Bible, you're like, this is crazy. So, Bruce?
uh, whether it's knowledge or wisdom, when, when a person challenges conventional wisdom or knowledge and eventually brings the person to make their own conclusion and the fact that it all comes back to, in, in my eyes, to, to serving God and, and loving others. You know, I didn't always have that attitude, but, okay. you know, it's, I don't think that I would be here today if I didn't challenge mm -hmm. to some extent had to learn from my own mistakes, getting kicked off the pedestal way too many times I care to count, but I'm here and I'm grateful. Right. That's a good point. We have all this historical knowledge in the Bible and you can, you can challenge wisdom. You can challenge these things. And I think that's good, okay, because I don't want to believe in something that I haven't challenged. And if I haven't challenged it and I understand it, how am I going to transmit it in, in a, in a um, simple way to people? And, and you, we can't, as Christians, can't just say, well, that's over your head or over my head. If we own something, we need to be able to own it and explain it. And so you have to challenge it. You have to ask those questions. I, I don't think... I don't think just challenging it for the sake of challenging it is also right too. But I also think God needs to reduce us to the point that the only way we can survive is through him. And that we can really talk about, I mean, you know, look at all the things that, all these predictions and things in the past that haven't come true. Okay, you know, man will predict this or predict that or predict this. And then they just come and predict something else when it doesn't come through. Now, God, you know, when you talk about, like, Jesus, all the prophecies in the Old Testament that lead to Jesus, and then we didn't believe it, okay, which is really weird. We'll believe something that somebody's flawed. Like, I always joke that the person that sits on the corner that says, the end is near, or the world will end, they're going to be once right, one day, you know. But everything before that, they get forgotten, okay? The day I get it right, I'm remembered. But everything, you know, it's like, you know, in two years from now, you're never going to understand, you're not going to remember who, who was the runner-up at the Super Bowl in 2024. You only remember the one that gets it right. So, uh, you know, just to, to kind of bring it back home, you know, this is actually, um, this, you know, if you haven't read through it already, take some time to read through it, because it's got some information. And, and, and you can actually see how different like Buddhism and all these different things, this, this type of thinking, you know, seeps in. And then um, here, I think, too, when you look at this first page and talk about Gnosticism, this is also a good summary, too, that, that kind of distills everything. So I'd read this and then this. And then, you know, if you have any questions, you can task Dave. So... Because... <laughs> No matter how many times you hear about Gnosticism, it, it seems like, like Sally said, it just seems to, it's like those lava lamps, you know, they keep bubbling up and, and changing stuff. So, um, any last questions? We, we're running. I was going to say Arthur's really good. Okay, or Arthur, yeah. Yeah, Dave, Dave Right, so. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some funny, Gnosis is knowledge. Ignosis is no knowledge. Right. So if somebody calls themselves an agnostic, they're saying they have no knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, so people, the yeah, ignoramus. I don't know if we were where the Latin of that came from, but thanks. All right, everyone have a great day. Thanks for showing up, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. So.